Thank you, Lord. Amen. God is good. Are you guys awake? Good, good, good. Ready for the Word. The Word is a, a lamp to my feet. It's a light to my path. I can't live without it. Many people try to, but they become very anemic and very weak and very sick. Do you guys realize that? Without the Word of God, you become sick. Without the Word of God, you become sick. You become poor. You become undernourished, malnourished. I asked someone uh, this week, I said, how many times have you read the Word this week? And they said, this was, I said, the week. They said, two times. I said, it's not enough. If you ate twice a week, you would not look like me. If you ate natural food twice a week, what do you think you would look like? Skin and bones. You would, uh, well, I won't even try to do it. Your belly would protrude, wouldn't it? Amen. Well, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word. And Lord, I pray that you would forgive us how we've taken your word even lightly in that. Mm. But Lord, I pray for a seriousness in the house today. Father, I pray for a soberingness from you. I pray for a conviction of your spirit today. I pray, God, for light bulbs to come on. I pray, God, for illumination to come forth today. I pray for understanding today when it comes to your word. I pray, God, that um, there would come a power uh, from your word today that would penetrate the callousness of our thinking and the laziness of our thoughts. And that, God, you would help us to drink, bring every thought into captivity to you today. And that we would drink from your word today. That we would eat from your word today. God, that your word would be fresh today. That it would not come from a flawed vessel that I am. But, God, this word would come directly from you. And it would penetrate. And it would meet everyone's need right now where they have it. And I thank you for it, Father. So, Lord, I thank you that your word is powerful. It is powerful. It is powerful. Your word is powerful. I receive the power of your word today. I receive the power of your word today. Breaking into my life. Breaking into my thinking today. In the powerful name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for illumination. Thank you for light. Mm. And thank you for that baby. Mm. Thank you for little David. Thank you, God. I don't mind his cries. Thank you for his lungs. Thank you for the air he breathes. Thank you for his spirit, man. Mm. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, we love you. Oh, thank you, Lord God. Mm. Amen. Amen. Well, we will uh, go, ahead and put the, go ahead and put the start to PowerPoint. We'll just keep it on the front screen there. Uh, I'm going to finish up or finish... <laughs> I'm kind of like Lynn, you know, the message just keeps growing. It may not get finished, but we'll just keep going, right? Um, praise the Lord. We're growing up. Can I have an amen? Yeah. Amen. Growing up, um, I'm going to kind of go, three weeks ago I shared a message, and I'm, I'm not going to go into a long uh, recap of that, just briefly, and uh, because if you weren't here, maybe you need to go on the website and just listen to the message. And um, I, I titled that message three weeks ago, Growing Up. And um, 
And we, we've been talking about how God is wanting to mature us and uh, all of us, uh, including me, and we're in a growing up process and maturing. And um, we, um, we've talked about how um, the part where I'm trying to grow up and the part that the Lord's changing me is in, in my leadership style. As you guys know, he prophesied over me that I needed to become more confrontational. And I'm not having really a lot of fun with that, but I am doing it, and I'm learning why he wants that. And part of becoming confrontational is that the body of Christ, all of us, myself, including, we would grow up and mature. Is anybody in the business of maturing and growing up? I know Christians who have been Christians for 40 years, and they've only been, uh, but but they're still on year one. They've been a Christian 40 times, 40, you know, and it's not like there's been a great level of maturity in growing up. And the body of Christ in America has a lot of need to grow up. Would we have an amen on that? And it's really easy to say, see that in, the, in others that are Christians, to see that they need to grow up. And you see it's so easy to see it in everybody else. But I'm, the Lord's starting to let me see in my own mirror, my own life, how immature I am in my own life and where I need to grow. Has anybody been seeing that in your own life? Good, good. Well, today is a kind of a corrective word. Uh, it's a simple word today, but even three weeks ago was somewhat of a corrective word. And so even my preaching is somewhat corrective. So if that's okay, are we willing to be corrected in the Word of God? And so it's not to make you mad, it's not to make you angry, it's to help you grow. I am going to give you some food to eat today, and you have a choice whether you eat it. And it's not my responsibility to, it's my responsibility to present it, to hear the voice of God and what he's downloading into my heart, and then I just represent what I'm hearing. And so I'm going to represent what I'm hearing for my own life, and I'm wanting you to know I'm practicing what I'm preaching. I'm putting into practice the very thing that I'm talking to you about, and I'm, wanting, and I'm trying to grow in myself, and I'm allowing God to bring discipline and cor- correction to my life, and so it's, uh, how many just want to say, woo-hoo, hey, hallelujah, right? Correction, but uh, we're all, we're, we all need growing up, and so we're on this process. And I just want to read a passage this morning out of Proverbs 15. And, and this, this, I want you to just, we're not going to rush through this. We're just going to read it slowly because the Word of God is powerful. It, it's a two-edged sword, and uh, we need to apply the Word of God to our lives. Amen? So let's, let's take this scripture here and read it together, but apply it to your life and not to your neighbor. Just apply it to you. He who listens to a life-giving rebuke will be at home among the wise. Who want to be at home among the wise? Who wants to be a homeboy, homegirl? Yeah. He who listens to a life-giving rebuke will be at home among the wise. He who ignores discipline despises himself. But whoever heeds correction gains understanding. The fear of the Lord teaches a man wisdom, and humility comes before honor. Father, may you bless the reading of your word. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, God, that we would have ears to hear. 
Lord, I pray that this Proverbs passage, that every man and woman in this congregation that is here today are here not by accident. But I'm asking, would you give us ears to hear, to listen? But will you give us a corresponding power to bring every thought and to break every imagination, everything that sets itself up against you and the knowledge of who you are? I'm praying for deliverance today, God, in all of us. And that you would help us to focus right now and listen to you in the name of Jesus. And I thank you for that, Father. Amen. He who listens. He who listens. I began to meditate on that word listens this week. And beginning to, here's how I take the word of God. As I'm saying, I'm applying it to my life. I ask the Lord, Lord, where do I not listen to you in my life? Where do I have it all figured out? Where do I think I'm further along than what I actually am? Lord, where do I not listen to you? Now, I tried to find a video on listening, and I just couldn't find one because I wanted to bring some humor because when we're having such a painful word, you need some humor as well. And I probably could have shown the one I showed three weeks ago where John Candy's in the car and he's got his hands gripped, uh, you know, and the, and the people are on the other, uh, in the other card saying, you're going the wrong way. Ah, what are you talking about? You know, and he drives in, in, into semis. And, uh, but listens, I've been meditating on this word listens. I don't know how far I'll get today. I doubt if I get through the whole message. I hope you have a pen and a paper because I am, you, you know, the bulletin's used. There's some lines on there where you can take notes and there's some things that I'm going to bring up today that I really want you to write down because we're going to have to apply some things and you're even going to get homework today before it's all over with. Aren't we glad for that? But this word listen I began to meditate on. And here's, the word listen means to pay attention. Okay? It means to pay attention. It means to wait attentively for. It means to bring careful attention, directing the mind to an object of concentration, to bring the mind on a single thought, narrowing the range of stimuli and bringing your full attention to one thought, to hear, to listen. And I think of... Um, um, if, if you're like me, uh, of course, none of my children at home, none of them, since they are probably here today, I, none of them have a problem listening. <laughs> Does any of your children ever have a problem listening? Never. It's funny. I can be talking with my wife in the kitchen, and she'll be working away and doing things, and I say, hey, babe, can I talk to you a second? Sure. And she keeps doing her stuff. And I don't know about you, but I really, when I'm talking to somebody, I really, I just like to have eye contact. You know, it's like, can you stop doing the dishes, babe, and listen? Oh, I can do both at the same time. <laughs> you know, or I go into the, one of the kids' bedrooms, and they're, you know, on their little social media device. And, hey, how are you doing? Great, Dad, how are you? 
Hey, I want to talk. Yeah, what? Yeah, yeah. They're very distracted, right? I've noticed even in, uh, uh, several years ago, uh, it about flipped me out, but I had a gentleman on the front row, and he wasn't a regular tender, and I was preaching, and all of a sudden he started snoring. <laughs> I mean, literally snoring. I was like, oh, cut me like a knife. You know, and, and, and even in, in church, we can get up and use the bathroom 30 times. We can be texting right in the midst of a service because God doesn't have our attention. He doesn't have people who are honed in to bring their thoughts into captivity and they're not listening. And so we have all these outside stimuli and our culture has become so stimulated that we're bored. And so we have to do all these different things to keep busy so we either don't fall asleep or we don't get bored or something else, right? And so it's even hard in our culture today. Our church, we preach anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour. That is long in our culture. Most sermons now are 15 to 20 minutes. Buddy, we get you in, out, give you a nice word, and you're on the road. Most churches, 20 minutes. They're telling preachers 20 minutes. People's attention spans no longer than that. But there's some truth to what they're saying. T people's attention span, giving an ear to listen. He who listens to a life-giving rebuke will be at home among the wise. But he who ignores discipline despises himself. But whoever heeds correction gains understanding. And I love this. The fear of the Lord teaches a man wisdom and humility. And so this thing on what listening is, to pay attention, to wait attentively. I can remember in the early days of my life, in my Christian walk, where, man, I was hanging on every word that was preached. I was like, man, I couldn't, I was on, I, I, I was reading books, I was all kinds of stuff. I was, I was doing everything that I could to get more word, to understand God in, his great, in, in greater understanding. And many in the body of Christ have lost that ability to do that. Now, here's where we want to go. I used this passage three weeks ago. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war like the world does. The weapons that we fight with are not the weapons of the world. But on the contrary, our weapons have divine power. Everybody say, my weapons have divine power. My weapons have divine power. Because I don't wage like the world does. But my weapons have power, divine power, to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we bring or take captive every thought. Every thought. I bring into captivity every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And so I've been asking God, God, where, what area am I not bringing every thought into captivity? Where am I not listening to you for my life? Where am I, where, there, there, is a strong, there are strongholds in all of our lives. Where am I not bringing thoughts into captivity? 
Where am I not listening to you and your word for me? And I'm asking you that question. What thoughts, where are you not listening to God? Holy Spirit, I want you to illuminate things in our minds today. I want you to show us the areas where we feel very confident, the areas where we think we know what we know. And I ask that you bring our thoughts into captivity today. We want to pay attention to you, Holy Spirit. I want to pay attention to you, Holy Spirit. I'm not going to push. I'm just going to go slow. How to listen to the Spirit of God. You know, the last time I preached, I left us with a question. I don't know if you guys remember the question. I gave you many questions to ask yourself. There was a test at the end of my message. I don't know. Does anybody remember the question I asked them? That was one of the questions, do I listen more than I talk? But what was that question to lead me to? To discover if I was what? If I listened. <laughs> Thank you, Tom. Did my daughter actually give that to you? No, okay. She didn't know it either. Are you teachable, Rebecca? Good. Is it a shame that we don't remember the question from three weeks ago? Well, for you who weren't here, Judy, you're off the hook. Man, you don't have to be convicted by the Holy Ghost. You weren't even here. Allie, Mackie, I called you Allie. Mackie, you're off the hook too. You weren't here. Do you think we should remember what we talked about three weeks ago? Why? If it's just Eric talking, it's not important. But if it's God speaking through Eric... Is it important? See, what happens is you guys start to treat me as common. And I start to treat you as common. But I am a man of God. Imperfect, flawed. And I asked us three weeks ago <laughs> are we correctable? Are we teachable? Do we, do we, are we open for correction? Do we allow other people to speak into our lives? <clears throat> Can anyone confront your thinking? God said I needed to become more confrontable, confronting. 
I needed to bring more correction in order to help the body of Christ clean up their lives. I'm trying to do that right now, and it's very quiet in here, and it's very painful. <laughs> and you know what was really cool about that message three weeks ago? I had several people, several people come up to me, and they said, Eric, I want you to know you have the right to speak into my life anytime you want. I want to be correctable. I want to be teachable. And you can speak into my life anytime. And I said, that, and that was, you know, that was noble. It, was, it blessed me. And um, it really encouraged my heart. But you know, if you, want, if you are going to grow up, you must pursue correction, want it, not wait for it to come to you. You can't wait for me to come correct you. You've got to come to me. You've got to come to other people in your life if you're really wanting correction. Because if you wait on me, you won't be corrected. It may come way down the road. But the Bible says that we are to love correction. We are to want it. We are to hunger for it. We are to ask people for it. We're to ask people like, Jeff, man, do you see a blind spot in my life? Do you see an area of my life that maybe I don't see? Do you see what I see? You don't see what I see. And the beauty of the, of the Word of God is we have to bring the beauty of the Word of God. You, you know, you can't correct somebody if it's your pre preference. You know, it's like Karen and I were talking this morning. What I mean by this is we have to make sure when we're correcting or we're giving people their blind spots that it's not just our preference. That it's really the Word of God. That I see that your, your area of thinking in this area is not in reflection to the Word of God. It's not that I prefer this, that you should do this. That's what, that causes fights. But when you share with me an area of my life that I don't see that needs correcting, if you're using the Word of God, it, it's, it's a light to my path. I want it. Karen and I were talking about this week. I said, I, it's so funny. My wife, on her clock beside her bed, our bed, we sleep together, It's a big king-size bed. It's really comfortable, pill top. But on her clock beside her bed, it's 10 minutes fast. Mine is exact. Karen creates margin with her clock. And so her clock is her 10 minutes extra so she can get everywhere on time. I don't do it that way. Mine's exact, okay? So when I go in the bedroom, I don't look at Karen's clock because I'm really late. I look at my clock. Now, the issue for us is, for her and me, is we have a value that I believe comes from the Word of God of being on time. Honoring other people's time. She does it differently than I do it, and used to it really drove me nuts, and probably sometimes still does. <laughs> if I were truthful. But I told her, I said, it's not wrong, it's just different. We hold the same value, and we get to the same value, and she is much better than she ever used to be, because now she does something different. But what she does is definitely not wrong. And if I was to push correction on her, I just want her to create margin in her life. It's like yesterday, we had to drive to Rolls-Holman, because Abraham had a basketball tourney, and we created a half hour 
of margin in our drive time. Why? Why did we do that? Huh? Yeah, plus just enjoy the journey. Enjoy each other, not have to feel rushed. It's so much different to go on a trip and not have to feel, I mean, like you're, everybody's tight and tense. So we get on I-70. Does anybody know what's on I-70 just before Greenfield? And I go, oh, bummer. Mom's little, my mom's GPS on the, her little screen, we'd put it on my windshield and it said 15 minute delay. We can do this. Guess what? I was not, and this is why it would have been years ago. My children could testify. Oh, man, man. But man, I created margin and I didn't care. We're going to enjoy the journey. We were at stopped, two mile an hour. Stopped, two mile an hour. Stopped, two mile an hour. It was, it was painful. I get a phone call from some of the other people that are, say, are going to that. Where are you at? We're in this traffic. I said, I'm at mile marker this. Oh, we're behind you. And they were really uptight because they didn't create any margin in their life. They weren't enjoying the journey. One was getting off of I-70. He was going to go down Knightstown exit, go 40. They were 15 minutes late to the game. I had all the drinks for the team in a cooler that weighed about 150 pounds, and I'm dragging it in there trying to get it there before the game starts. I set the, car, the, the, the cooler down, and the game started. I got there just barely. Because once I got into I-70, downtown 70, guess what else was there? More construction. So then I had to take 65 South to get on 465, to get on 70, to get to Terre Haute. Crazy, isn't it? Now, where are you going with this? Many times, and, and, and where am I going with this? What is the rabbit trail? <laughs> God is trying to bring change and correction to a structure to our life, discipline to our life, things he's trying to bring to us. And he's trying to bring correction. He's trying to help us to bring every thought into captivity and the obedience of Christ. Now, you're saying, well, Eric, how is your schedule uh, being obedient to Christ? How is, your, how is bringing structure to your life and, your, and those type of things, how's that biblical? I just want to fly by the seat of my pants, man, have fun on the road, you know? But how does that, how is that maybe God trying to change our thinking? I don't know, I'll tell you later. I'm teasing I'll bring it up later. Hang on to that thought. See, God is looking for men and women who want to be changed, who want to be changed so badly they cooperate with joy when he sends correction into their lives. How graciously do you respond to correction? Today, I believe we're going to discover what our part is and what God's part is. But there are ways that God wants to bring correction into our life. He wants to bring discipline. He wants to bring order. The issue is not so much that I got there on time. It's that God has taught me through the word of God that when I'm a man of my word and I do what I say I'm going to do, that I need to be responsible for that and I need to be a man of integrity. And so being a man of integrity makes me put certain boundaries and certain things in my life so that I'm dependable. 
when the coach is depending upon you to bring drinks, that I show up and he goes, I was worried about that. What's it do for him? What kind of example does it set when you're five minutes late everywhere you go? I want to reflect the glory of God. God's always on time. Can I have an amen on that? Sometimes he seems really late, but he's always on time. Now, here's where I want you to start writing some things down. I'm going to talk about how God brings correction to our life, the four stages of correction in God. And I already started on it three weeks, and we're going to step on your toes. Everybody got, I hope they don't have sandals on today. Do you have sandals on today? All right. Now, we are going to talk about the four stages of God's correction. I'm going to call them today, for fun's sake, DEFCON 1, DEFCON 2, DEFCON 3, and DEFCON 4. Now, I realize DEFCON is a military term that I don't even understand necessarily, but I wanted to get your attention because I talked about last week how God uses authority to correct us, but I want to start talking about how God uses these four areas, and the reason I want you to write them down is you're going to be having some homework when you're praying and asking God, and you're going to be able to start looking at your life and see where God's already been trying to speak to you and bring correction. Does anybody love correction? He who heeds correction is wise. He who does not heed correction, the Bible says in Proverbs, is stupid. Remember that scripture? We read it. It literally says it. It's in there. You are stupid if you don't like it. So, stages of God's correction, the word of God, the pressure of God's of God that comes through the scripture. Authority, the pressure of God through the heart of authority. Counsel, the pressure, uh, the counsel of others, the pressure that God uses to correct us through others. And then divine discipline. It's the pressure of God through the circumstances of life is where we're going to go today. You guys all with me today? So you guys ready for this? So here's what I believe. I believe in all, with all my heart that God uses these sometimes in this order, sometimes not in this order, but God uses these things to bring correction to our life. Are you guys with me on that? This is the way your heavenly Father wants to come to you and bring correction. And I believe number four is kind of a last resort, but... I believe one, two, and three are used by the Lord, and we don't know it, and we don't see it, and we get mad at people, and we have bad relationships, okay? And we're going to get there. So the Word of God is what I believe is what God uses first and is probably the most gentle. If we fail to allow God to correct us through the Word of God, then I believe God brings authority in our lives, and he uses authority to bring correction into our lives. If we do not listen to authority in our life or the word of God, he brings the counsel of others to bring correction to our life. If we ignore that correction as well, then he uses divine discipline, and he brings that to bring correction to our lives. Are you with me? So where I want to start today, and this may be only where we get since it's 47, 1147, 
The Word of God. Everybody say the Word, the word of God. The Word of God. Now, here's what I believe. I believe God's first and most gentle form of correction comes from the Word of God, the Scriptures. Did you hear me? Are you listening? Are you listening to a life-giving rebuke? Are you paying close attention to what the Spirit of God is wanting to say to you right now? Or are you worried about dinner? Bring it on. God says in Proverbs 22, he says, Haven't I written correction into the Word to change you and to give you answers to those who come to you? This is one of my most precious scriptures. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, and the way I remember these scriptures, what's John 3.16? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Well, 2 Timothy is why I remember it, 3.16. It says, all scripture, everybody say all, all is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, which is it will teach you, and reproof, which it will touch you, for correction, it will turn you. And for instruction in righteousness, it will train you. So that all scripture is given and inspired by God, profitable for doctrine and reproof, for correction, for instructions in righteousness, that the man or the woman of God might become perfect or mature, totally equipped for whatever God has in mind. The word of God, the word of God that he has given us. If you have a word of God, hold it up. If you have the Bible with you. Most people don't carry them anymore. The logos. The logos becomes rhema when we begin to read it. Defcon 1. <laughs> DEFCON 1 is all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. It will teach you, it will touch you, it will turn you, it will train you to become the mature man or woman of God that he wants you to be for his purposes. So the word of God is the tool of God. Everybody say this. The word of God is the tool of God for the child of God. The word of God is the tool of God for the child of God. I know this is simple, very simple. But guys, we are not even doing simple. Can I have an amen on that? So if the word of God is the tool of God for the child of God to hear correction for his life, it will teach you, touch you, turn you, train you, God's plan is for your spiritual antenna and mind to be so sensitive to his signals that we carefully listen every time we read the word or hear the word preached, that we dig for truth. We dig for making our lives line up with it. So if I hear a message on jealousy, for example, that I'm saying, oh God, I need to hear from your presence where am I jealous? And I want to bring correction to my life through your word. That I allow the word that is preached and what I read, the word is where it's at. 
I allow it to dig. I allow it to change me and train me. And I allow the word of God to correct me. Say, are you allowing the word of God to correct you? Ask your neighbor. Are you allowing the word of God to correct you? Go ahead, turn to somebody. Don't fall asleep. Now here's where I want to step on our toes. Three or four weeks ago, Tom was preaching a message about growing up. And he challenged us to read the Word of God for 15 minutes. I was like, Tom, 15? Can you give us a little more than 15? Was he setting the bar bar too high? Fifteen minutes a day in the scripture and pray and ask God to correct our hearts. (laughs) Now, if you really want to get fun here, anybody who has been reading the word of God every day for at least 15 minutes, go ahead and stand up. Don't lie to the spirit of God. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Okay, you can sit down. Thank you for your you ten or eleven that have done it. James one twenty two says, "Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves." But do what it says. Wow. Here's what I'm coming to realize is you're not going to listen to me if you're not listening to God. You're not going to listen to me preach, teach the word of God if you're not listening to God for yourself. It just isn't going to happen. Why should I expect you to respect or honor me or anybody else? If we don't respect and honor the very word of the living God. The church is in dire straits of needs of change. Can I have an amen on that? But we are the church. I am the church. Say, I am the church. As I look at James 1.22, do not merely listen to the word of God and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. What is God wanting? He is wanting obedience. But here's what I'm finding is because most people aren't in the Word of God, they're not being corrected by God. If you're not in the Word on a daily basis, and here's what happens is we get really, and I know this is a simple message. This is hard to even listen to because we don't like change. But yes, we do like change. I'm confessing over us, we love it. We love correction. We are afraid of the Word of God because we don't understand it. We don't feel like we can get a revelation of it. Because what we end up doing is we end up reading the Word of God like a novel rather than reading the Word of God in a place where we are seeking and we're listening intently. When I talked about listening, listening means to give your ear to, to, to really pay attention. And, and so we need to get into the Word. When we're getting in the Word of God, we don't get in the Word of God. I mean, yeah, there are times where I just sit down, like the book of Acts. I read the book of Acts often. 
I just read through the book of Acts, and, and my faith, faith is challenged by the, the, the deeds and the acts and what took place in the book of Acts. Proverbs is another one. I read the Proverbs. I read today. What's today? Today's the 16th. So tonight, before I go to bed, I will lay in my bed, and I will read Proverbs 16. I will look up Proverbs 16, and I will read it, because there's 31 Proverbs, and there's 30 days in a month. If you read a proverb every day, but here's the thing is we don't, and this is what I see most people do. I'm going to get my word out. This is reading word to most people. Come on, come on, boom up. Oh, this is interesting. Must have been reading this last. 1 Timothy 3. The saying's... The saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to the office of overseer, he desires a noble task. Therefore, an overseer must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-control, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not a drunkard, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money, but he must manage his own household well. With all dignity, keeping his children submissive, for if anyone does not know how to manage his own household, how in the world can he manage the house of God? He must not, not be a recent convert, and he may, or he may become puffed up with conceit and fall into condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must be well thought of by outsiders, so that he may not fall into disgrace, into a snare of the devil. Okay, how would that apply to anybody's life today? If you were to read that passage, how would that have applied to you? What could you have actually, now to me as a leader, if I was saying, God, you're, you're trying to lead me into leadership, you're wanting me, to, you're wanting me to go further, what is it that you're wanting? 1 Timothy 3 would have been a wonderful passage because then God could have spoke to me and he could have said, Eric, this is what I want in your life. He said, if you're wanting to be an overseer or a leader in the church, these are the qualities that I want you to have in your life. He would say, Eric, I want you to be a husband of one wife. I want you to be above reproach. And I would say, God, what is above reproach? Lord, what is above reproach? You're wanting me to carry that characteristic of you. If I'm going to be a leader in the house of God, what is above reproach? Well, above reproach is, you know, people outside the church need to think highly of you. That whenever someone sees you, they're not going, oh, yeah, he's the guy that ripped me off. Oh, yeah, he's the guy that tried to do that to me. Oh, yeah, I heard about him. Yeah, I heard you can't trust him in his business affairs. Oh, I can't, you know, that's the person, yeah, they, I saw them, you know, smoking down at the whatever. I'm, not trying, I'm just trying to throw things out. But reproach is that you're to have a good reputation with outsiders. Hospital, hospital, you've got to go to the hospital. <laughs> what is the characteristic or the character of hospitality? Respectable, self-controlled able to teach. Ah, able to teach. So now the Word of God starts to come to me and say, God, how are you wanting? I'm now listening to the voice of God by the Holy Spirit as I'm reading the Word of God and I'm saying, okay, God, how are you, where am I not hospitable? Where am I, where, where am I not gracious? Where am I not above reproach? And now I'm mixing the Word of God with prayer. And I'm taking the Word of God and I'm asking God to show me what needs to change in my life. That's how the Word of God is to be read. That's how the Word of God, that most people don't even have a clue, because what they do is they read it as a novel and they just rip through it. Well, I did my Christian duty today. I read it. I'm done. 
I put it back on the shelf. If it even gets off the shelf, I need to put that back. That's the way it goes. And then the word of God begins to correct my life. God began to correct my life years ago in the area of patience. And I began to cry out to him, God, I'm so easily angered. I'm so impatient with my kids. And so I began to get in the word of the living God. And I began to let it correct me. He began to show me why I was impatient. He began to show me that there were areas of selfishness in my life and how I wanted things my way. Matter of fact, I can quote the scripture that he revealed himself to me. It, it, it goes it's, it's something like this. It says, why is there quarrels and fights among you? Is it not because you want your way and you don't get it and you become angry? And I began to find that, wow, all anger comes out of this rooted selfish nature that I have. That I want things my way. And so then God began to require of me to give up my way. When I wanted the children to respond a certain way, and they wouldn't respond the way I wanted, I would become angry. I would hurt them. I bloodied Abraham's nose one time. Crazy. Because he mouthed off. I meant to hit him in the mouth, got his nose. I'm sure other parents have missed before besides me. Hopefully, you're just a little better hit than me. Been there, done that, smoked that pipe, bought that one in the garage sale, sold it back, got it again. Oh, Rebecca, she could tell you some really good stories about my impatience and my anger. Unfortunately, she has a list as long as her hair. But as God began to convict me and I began to get in the word of the living God, I allowed the word of God to correct me. Now, I'm still not there. Pro ask her. Ask Rebecca. I'm still not there. I'm still very impatient at times. But I'm a whole lot different because I've allowed the word of God to bring correction. But I've also, some of those other four, I've had to have other people. I shared that testimony with you years ago. How I was in CVS, and my kids were all little toddlers. And this is where it all began. <laughs> and the lady at the CVS counter says, boy, I'm glad you're not my dad. And God used others' counsel to correct me. He used other people. Of that four list of DEFCON 1, 2, 3, and 4, that's DEFCON 3. I've smoked that one. I am bleeding. <laughs> Are you guys still with me? Isn't this fun that you get to learn from my experiences with my children, my lack of patience? But the Bible says, do not merely listen to the word and deceive yourself. You're going to be deceived if all you do is hear it, but you don't apply it. And that's what I find in most Christians' lives is they hear the Word of God. You hear me preach. You hear me teach. You hear the Word of God. You read it. But you don't do it. 
And so often we ignore the word of God or, fall to, or fail to acknowledge the problem in our heart. When we do not apply our hearts to the wisdom of God's word in love, if we don't do it, if we do not allow the word of God to come and correct us, if we're not reading it on a daily basis in an area that we're dealing, being dealt with by the spirit of God. Like right now, I would like to ask you, where is the spirit of God trying to correct you? Is it patience? Is it some other area of your life? What is the area that God is trying to bring correction? What is the area? That's where you begin to hunt the word of God. Do you, how many have actually a concordance? Or even know what a concordance is? It's where you can look up certain words in the Bible. If you don't have one, get one. If you have a computer, it's one, there's one right on the computer. You can go to Olive Tree. It's a Bible app. <laughs> it's really simple. Man, I'm bleeding, guys. Jesus' blood was poured out for you. Okay, I've got, I've got it. I'm going to stop. Here's what we're going to do. Okay. This is. Maybe this is a prophetic illustration of how the Word of God heals and is a band-aid to your problems. How the Word of God is a correction to you. has to heal from the inside out. So my heart has to get healed. See, what, what we find is we do the duty of reading the word. We do the duty of prayer. We do the duty of things, but our heart's not connected. What I'm trying to do today to help you get into the word of God the way God wants you to get into the word is to use it based upon what God is dealing with you right now. It's finding the area that God is wanting to bring correction. Does anybody in this place have a clue where God is wanting to correct you? Because here's what will happen today. If you don't take and listen and give your ear to this message, and you don't allow the word of God to bring correction, the next thing that's going to come is DEFCON 2. And God's going to use authority. And, here's, and I'll give you just a brief commercial for next time. Is... When we don't listen to the word of God, when we don't apply it to our, our lives, and he moves into using authority, it's not just godly authority that he uses. It's our bosses, our teachers, our police officers. And you think, wow, that boss that just corrected me for being late to work. That boss that just corrected me for uh, responding incorrectly to a customer and he brings correction to you is actually God. And you get mad when the boss does it. But it's actually God trying to correct you because there's no order in your life.
He's actually trying to get something to you, and you've ignored the Word of God because you don't even make it a daily diet. You won't even do what Tom does, 15, says 15 minutes to, to, to get in the Word of God in an area of our life. So God goes to DEFCON 2, and he uses authority. And then, he, and then when we don't listen to parents and parents and parents, we won't listen to parents. And we won't listen to bosses. And we won't listen to customers. <laughs> I'm picking on everybody. And we won't listen to moms and dads. We're picking on all of you guys. He just moves down the line. And the sad one is to get to DEFCON 4. And we're going to talk about that too. Because that's when life gets really painful. And there's a lot of bleeding But here's today, what I really want to do is I want to stop here. <laughs> and I've asked all week, God, would you bring your power and your conviction? There's no power. I mean, I know I carry power in, in, in the Lord. But it's really the Holy Spirit in God that's got to get a hold of our hearts. When it comes to being men and women who are not men and women of the Word of God. Could you please stand up with me? I don't know, there may be a hundred adults in here, maybe. There may be ten, maybe a hundred in here. If 10 or 11 raised their hands about reading the Word of God, of those 10%, I don't know what percent of those 10% are actually allowing the Word of God to correct them. And how, what percent of those are just reading? But I tell you, when you read the Word of God and you allow it to come into your life, it will correct you. It will convict you if you don't read it like a novel. If you search for treasure, If you search for God and say, God, I've not been able to pay my bills. And I know there's some thought in my mind that is keeping that from happening because you are a God of provision. And it's that circumstance that God's actually trying to use to correct you. Or maybe you have a relationship problem. Or maybe you're having all kinds of difficulties in your life and you're going, oh my gosh, now you're starting to blame God. Why are you being this way with me? And he's saying, no, I've been trying to get your attention through the word of God and you won't listen to me. What the enemy has meant for harm, I work for the good for them that love me. But can I ask you, every eye closed, where is the word of God as a priority in your life? Where is it? We do not fear God because we do not reverence His Word. What are you going to do?
What are you, man or woman of God, where you're sitting, standing, what are you going to do? We've had some heavy messages. Last week was about loving God, devoting ourselves to Him. Luke from Nigeria. We say we're lovers of God in America, but we're really lovers of self. Matter of fact, the Bible says that in the last days they will be lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Lovers of self. Where is the Lord wanting to correct you? I believe He's wanting to correct you in the area of fear of God and reverence of His Word first. And He wants to use the Word of God to correct you. But most of you are bored with it. What are you going to do? Are you going to listen? Are you going to listen to the correction of the Holy Spirit right now? Are you going to allow God to correct you through the preaching of His Word? Concerning the reading and the study of his word. God first uses the word of God to correct us. What are you going to do? This is where you have to take over with the Holy Spirit. I can't take you on this journey. You have to go it. I want you to do one thing right now. Everyone in this room, quietly tell God what you're going to do. Tell him, commit to him right now. Tell him what your, your part. Tell him what you're going to do. Lord, I am going to And then I want you to tell somebody what you're going to do. I want you to tell a spouse. I want you to tell a friend. I want you to tell a connect group leader. I want you to tell somebody in this church what you're going to do. Maybe it's a friend. If the Lord says, I want you to get up at this time every day, or I want this at this time every day, you to do this. I want you to study on... Uh, rejection. I want you to study on jealousy. I want you to re- on, on discipline, selfishness, love. I want you to begin to get in the Word in this area. That's what kind of stuff we're talking about. The Spirit of God wants you to do something with the Word. And I want you to tell somebody what that is. Somebody today. You need to say, it's just like getting saved. I, I, I go and I, t- I share that I've, I've, I've given my heart to Jesus. This is what I'm going to do, honey. I'm going to do this. And then I want you to take step three. I want you to tell that person, I want you to ask me this week if I've done that. I want you to hold me accountable. This is what I'm going to do. I need help. I need somebody else to help me, to hold me myself accountable. And then I want you to testify. I want you to tell people 
what it's doing inside of you, what God's doing inside of you. And we're going to see change. We're going to see a lot of change. Because what's going to happen is the Word of God is going to come alive to you. And it's going to begin to change you. It's going to begin to correct you. It's going to be what God uses to take us where we need to go. Wow. This is tough. Are you guys willing to do that? Do you need to write that down? That's your homework. So what's my homework? What's the first thing I'm going to do? Where does God want to correct me? I'm going to read the Word of God and ask God where He wants to correct me. Second step is I'm going to what do what? Huh? Tell someone. Ask, ask someone to help me. And then what am I going to do? I'm going to ask Him to hold me accountable. Are you listening? This is what the Lord told me to do. This is what he told me he wanted us to do as a church. This is what he told me he wanted us to do. And then you're going to read Proverbs 2. 1 through 11. Better write that down before you leave. Because I'm going to hold you accountable. Everybody get your notebook. Go ahead. Everybody get your paper out. Everybody get a piece of paper. I'm giving you homework. Because I have a sneaking suspicion if we don't do this, I probably won't preach. I might just be quiet. Everybody goes, man, let's not do our homework. We won't have to hear him preach. <laughs> Everybody's got their phones out, making notes. Come on, somebody tell me. Well, step one, so everybody gets it written down. What are we going to do? Come on, out loud, everybody. What are we going to do? Then testify. And what's the last one? Read Proverbs 2, 1 through 11. We're going to be not just mere hearers of the word, but we're going to do the word. Do you think this is scriptural, what I've given us today? The Bible says we need to be like the Bereans, who when they heard the preaching of the gospel, they went and they took it home and they began to break it down and they began to look at it. It's time for us to grow up, church. You guys realize that? And I know you're not leaving here with a fuzzy feeling. And you're not feeling comforted by Eric today. You're not feeling stroked at all. But our job is to humble ourselves and to allow God to correct us. And he will come and he will defeat our enemies right before our very eyes. As we submit ourselves to him and as we begin to do his word. I had somebody share earlier today 
how they felt convicted of the Lord to do this, and when they did this, something immediately opened up here. But the result of that opening up right here was a result of them being obedient to what the Word of God said and how God was trying to correct them. It opened this door up completely. This door they had been waiting on for like two years. That door opened immediately only because they heard the Word of God and the correction God was wanting to bring them. As soon as they obeyed God in the correction, they got in the Word and allowed the Word to begin to change them, this door completely opened. And I'm telling you, it was that fast. God will honor you. God, he's, he's really, you know, God, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And some of you have been re- being resisted, and God's wanting to bring his grace. And as soon as you humble yourself, you won't believe the grace that comes. Amen. I'll shut up now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I know this has been a corrective word. It's been a word that's even been hard to deliver. And God, I don't know what you're doing in us completely. I I just sense you speaking this, and I just pray, oh God, that the homework, the things that you've given us today, God, that we would listen intently, that we would pay attention to how you're trying to correct us, that we would allow your word to correct us. I thank you for your word. I thank you, God, for the men and women who ascribed it, who put it on the printing press, who gave it to us to where we can read it on a daily basis. I thank you, God. Lord, I pray that you would return in our hearts like it was in the New Testament where they sat for hours listening to the Word of God being read. That, God, we would begin to cherish your Word again. Lord, would you just take off the blinders of our eyes? God, would you bring deliverance to our hearts? Father, would you help us As, God, we begin to move towards you and your word and allowing it to correct us, God, we ask for your anointing. We ask for your grace, your supernatural, because, God, we got to have understanding of the word. And as we begin to drink of it, as we begin to eat of it, Father, I thank you that there will be manna for our hour, that there will be food to eat, that there will be revelations that come, that light bulbs will come on, and that, God, you will change us and transform us according to your holy, holy word. Lord, thank you for today. I pray for the fathers right now. God, we thank you for every father that is here today. God, I know you're trying to raise up a men of, an army of men who desperately love you. And I just pray, God, that you would bless each man. And God, may you truly draw their hearts to you. And Father, for those who have struggled with fathers that haven't been so great, I thank you, God, for forgiveness. I pray that, Lord, you would even work a work of forgiveness in men's hearts for fathers who have betrayed them, for fathers who have not been there for them. And I just pray, God, that you would bring your correction into fathers through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. I love you, and I hope you feel loved even as you've been corrected. God bless you.